Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. like to hear for this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it so where were you yesterday ah yesterday was let's talk about it Tuesday church folk day and oh did we have some conversation well One of the things we talked about was the youth pastor who was accused of groping to teens in the Bronx. And here's the problem. Not only was he accused of groping the two teens, but because he has spent 25 years working as um, a, a youth pastor and a band leader and, you know, a person who's been working in the community centers and all kinds of stuff, they are wondering if he is really a perpetrator in some other children's or young people's lives. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, he's been around so many children that this impossibility that he's, you know, had access to others and he's used that to get to other children. So we talked to the Duke Tom Crew and we, you know, we were asking if, you know, they should be asking around because that's what they're doing. They're going around and they're doing some research and they're asking, you know, people, did they know anything about this pastor and, you know, could he have possibly you know, done this to other, you know, people. And, you know, the two time crew said, mm, they don't really think that it would be good for, uh, for, him, for them to really be asking around. They don't really think it's fair, you know. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, unless they investigate, how are they going to get it done? So, I don't know. You know, this is a 
this is a little tricky thing. It's a little tricky thing. This a little tricky thing. You know, but you know he's been lurking in the Bronx for quite a while, and I have to tell you, you know, he's a youth pastor, but he ain't all that young. No. And they didn't really disclose his age, but I promise you, he ain't all that young. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So, you know, just always be, you know, aware of who your children are around because this is how they get, you know, to our kids. This is how they make themselves available to our children. You know, these are the people that are closest, you know, to us. And uh, they always get an opportunity to get access that way, you know. So always be on the lookout, okay? All right. Well, one of the other ones we talked about was the Alabama mayor and pastor who... uh, I don't even know if I want to say he was secretly transgender because he really wasn't, and that's the problem. You know, he took to the Internet letting people know that uh, he was a transgender woman. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) unfortunately, for some reason, he had not anticipated that he would get the responses that he got. No, they didn't let him, uh, they didn't let him go. They didn't let him go at all once they saw that, uh, you know, he was living that kind of life. They commented and they spoke about it. And it appears as though it got a little too much for him. So, therefore, he ended up committing suicide. And, you know, those who were close to him really thought that the public ridiculing him was too much. Now, I'm sorry. As, you know, myself as well as the due time crew, we're all trying to figure out what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? You know, as uh, Pastor Jeff said, you know, they've smashed us for the little bags. What did you think was going to happen when you put out there that you were a transgender woman and you were known as a pastor? I'm sorry, people. You know, they, they do have expectation of us. And sometimes, you know, the expectation is a little bit heavy and a little bit much. However, let's be realistic. They have a right to have an expectation. And as they do, then let us live up to God's expectation. Because sometimes man actually has a larger expectation of us than God really does. And it's unrealistic. But in this particular case, that was definitely not what, you know, these people were expecting. Not only are you a mayor, but you are a pastor. Not only are you a pastor, but you're a mayor. 
and people are really holding you to a standard. And when we don't live up to that standard of at least what God is expecting of us, then, you know, there's a little bit, you know, of a backlash. So, you know, he was a little bit, well, a couple of them, a couple of them were a little out of sorts as to how the public, you know, responded to his lifestyle. So, that's what we talked about yesterday. Well, today, today is Wow Wednesday. Now, we've got a special edition of Wow Wednesday today. Yes. And, you know, I I was sent a Facebook post yesterday. And I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, nah, we, we, got, we got to talk about this. So we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. And... Today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to start off as we normally do with our socially conscious segment with our girl Vivian. And then we're going to kind of move over to something else. So if I were you, I'd get my coffee, my tea, my healthy breakfast, and I'd get real comfortable. I would love to hear from you. And uh, I'm going to give you a chance to call in today and talk. You know, feel free to call in because I want to hear your voices today. And, you know, we're going to get a chance to get our chat on. All right? So make sure you you, you just get comfortable because we're we going to be here uh, for a minute, and we're going to get to talking, all right? So we're going to get a little earlier start, you know, I'm trying to give my ladies a chance to get on so they don't miss anything because we don't have time to go back and recap any stories this morning, but uh, we're going to go ahead and get started, all right? So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, make sure you go nowhere because we will be right back. Esophageal and gastric cancers are some of the most stubborn and aggressive cancers that we treat in the United States today. Because of this, patients can be quite ill. Um, and the therapies that are required to treat these cancers have to be quite aggressive. So there can be side effects. And one of the ways in which our center excels is that we know how to treat these side effects. We have seen pretty much any side effect that you can imagine. We're not just treating the cancer, we're treating the patient. We have nutritionists, social workers, financial experts. We have alternative medicine specialists, pain and palliative care specialists, all of these different specialties will be brought in as needed. This is how we take care of our patients. It's not the cancer that we're taking care of. It's the patient that we're taking care of. We're helping the patient fight the cancer. 
good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is a special edition of Wow Wednesday. Yes, I was sent a post, a Facebook post yesterday. And I was like, nah, we got to get this chat on today. The world is going buck wild, and they have just taken another step into that zone. So I can't wait to spread my wings later on. We're going to get our day started with our girl Vivian giving God thanks that he has included us into today. You know, everybody doesn't, you know, get the same opportunities. And today we are on this side of the grave and we're giving God thanks because everybody did not wake up today. All right? So don't let me, uh, don't let me keep you any longer. We're going to say good morning to our girlfriend Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you, Vivian. How are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> All righty, good to hear. So, tell me what you got. All right, stay on Socially Conscious. We are starting off with some health. Warnings for children and parents. Reports say U.S. health officials are warning doctors to be on the lookout for possible cases of lead poisoning in children after at least 22 toddlers in 14 states were sickened by lead linked to tainted pouches of cinnamon apple foray and applesauce. They're saying children ages one to three were affected and at least one child showed a blood level eight times higher than the level that raises concern. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention said they say there's no safe level of lead exposure, but the CDC uses a marker of 3.5 micrograms to identify children with higher levels than most, and the affected children's blood levels, blood lead levels range from 4 to 29 micrograms per deciliter. The reported symptoms include headaches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, a change in activity level, and anemia. These poisonings are coming from recalled applesauce pouches from Juana Banana, apple cinnamon fruit puree pouches, Snuckers brand cinnamon flavored applesauce pouches and variety packs, and Wise brand cinnamon applesauce pouches. The CDC said there were cases of these recalled applesauces in the following states as of November 7th. And those states are Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Missouri, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Washington. 
So, of course, if you have any of these pouches, throw them away or take them back to the store. And if your child and or children have eaten any of these recalled applesauce pouches recently, you may want to go get them tested as they are also saying that some children do not show symptoms of lead poisoning even though they may have it. So, again, if you have these in your cabinet or fridge, throw them out or return them back to the store and do not let your children eat them as there has been cases of lead poisoning coming from these applesauce pouches. Next, we have an update on an old story told here. Officials are bringing up NYCHA apartments yet again. They say with the homeless crisis reaching a critical level in New York City, investigators have found thousands of city-run apartments are just sitting empty. Right now, there are more than 4,800 NYCHA apartments that are vacant. One Brooklyn resident says she's been on the wait list for NYCHA for the past six years, and they're saying that she's not alone, as more than 240,000 people are currently waitlisted for a NYCHA apartment. And they're saying here's one of the main reasons that there is an increase in wait times when it comes to these vacant apartments. When someone moves out of NYCHA apartment, it's taking long for it to get fixed up so new tenants can move in. The turnaround time jumped from 120 days, which we reported previously at the end of 2021, and it is now 412 days since September of this year. NYCHA says that many of the buildings are old and need significant repairs for multiple skilled trades, and those repairs are best done when the apartment is vacant. In addition, lead and asbestos testing can take up to six months. So this situation has not gotten better, but worse, unfortunately. Speaking of things getting worse rather than better, Reports say the city has cut off a school safety agent program, leaving students vulnerable. They say the city has made a recent decision to end a school safety agent program for 250 recruits abruptly. The union that represents school safety agents agreed that the the suspension of the training program compromises student safety and said that it also has other problems. So guess what they are saying this is due to? No, it's not the migrants, but they're saying it's due to lack of employees. According to New York City Independent Budget Office, there are about 3,900 school safety agents as of the last count, compared to 5,100 school safety agents that they had just before the pandemic began during the 2019 and 2020 academic year. So they're saying that with these numbers, they need all the school safety agents they can get. They are asking Mayor Eric Adams to reinstate the class of 250 safety agents so they can be placed in the schools. They say this is just one of the issues. Another one is that the shutdown has caused people to lose their jobs 
as a lot of people quit their jobs to join the school safety agent program and then to have that program suspended so abruptly leaves them now without work. Officials say this happened because three weeks ago, I mean, this happened three weeks ago and it's just now gaining attention. And they're saying with this program being suspended, it leaves them even even further in need because there are about 250 school safety agents who are getting ready to retire, which would mean that they are now short 500 agents instead of the original 250 from the suspended program. So the Adam administration would not say why the training was suddenly cut. And there's no talks as to bringing it back or any plans going forward. So, again, another situation that is getting worse rather than better. And now for our wow story of the week. A man is being supported on the Internet as he said he walked out on his date after she revealed that she was a mother. He says that she lied about it at first. So he says he was dating this girl and everything was going great. Three weeks in, they were at a restaurant and she tells him out of nowhere she has a kid. He says, I told her in the beginning that I do not want kids and she agreed. And then later on, she tells him that the father left. Now she is raising the kid alone. She says, I see you as a good man for my kid to raise him. I need help. You have a good career, and it would be great as as the child does not get to go out much. He can finally enjoy the good life. <laughs> he included, he said he just walked out of the restaurant. He didn't say nothing. He blocked her number and all her social media accounts and never spoke to her again. What a mess. That The audacity of people. Just crazy. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories that you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. My username on Facebook is Vivian B.M., and come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Stout. Thank you, Vivian. And as always, you never fail us. Always got some good socially conscious news. And as always, please hang around just in the event. We need some clarification. We'll chat with you in a little bit. Thank you. All right. All righty. All righty. Well, I said a little while ago, we have a special edition of Wow Wednesday today, and we're going to start off, uh, you know, on our normal tip, talking to the ladies about uh, Vivian's news reports. So let's say good morning to our Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Elder Nitisha. Good morning, Pastor Seth. Good morning to all my sisters and all of our listeners. How are you this morning? I am good. I am good. I am charged up this morning. 
Oh, all right now, all right. You ain't charged up yet. <laughs> you wait till we go into our second leg. I got something to charge you up. Uh-oh. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. We're going to start off with this NYCHA, you know, issue. We, like Vivian said, we've talked about this before. I can't remember how many vacant apartments they had before, but now with this homelessness going on at its level, they've got 4,800 apartments still vacant with 240,000 on the waiting list. Now, what kind of mess is this? You know, they're talking about, you know, it takes a little bit more to clean the apartments or to fix up the apartments. And, you know, of course you can't get to the apartments really good until, you know, it's vacant. But what are we talking about here? And and they've got an answer to part of our homelessness issue. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're talking, it sounds like the issue is process. Right, and I think this is something we've been able to identify that has continued to be an issue throughout um, this. And I don't want to say this administration, right, because I think that it's, you know, Mayor Adams has walked into a situation where there was a lack of uh, process, um, you know, but I don't think that his team, unfortunately, and himself has come in and made any improvements, and we're able to see that by way of some of the things that we're looking at and experiencing. And when I say process, what I mean by that is what is the process for how we're emptying out apartments, how we're cleaning these apartments, getting them, you know, doing, getting the turnaround time, because you have make, uh, maintenance workers that are on the premises. So once a person has vacated the property, you know, how quickly are we able to kind of get in there, and what is the urgency around it um, when we understand that we have a waiting list and we have people, especially as we're entering into the colder season, like there needs to be an urgency around there, around this. There's no reason why we have such an expansive waiting list when there are available apartments. Let's get people into apartments. Um, and, we, you know, if we dove even deeper into that, how many children are a part of that number that are, that are associated with, you know, being homeless? How many kids are a part of that? And so there needs to be an urgency around flipping these apartments and being able to get um, housing for these individuals. And it would be beautiful if that can happen at least by, you know, some of these holidays that are uh, coming up. But I think it's a. I think process is part of the problem. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see what our lady Tamika has to say about this uh, NYCHA issue. Good morning, lady Tamika. Good morning and happy wow Wednesday. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. That's good, that's good. So what you thinking when it comes to this, you know, NYCHA with almost 5,000 apartments? How many people can this house? Right, and, you know, we also know that when times get hard, um, 
certain family members will gather together. You got uncles, nieces, cousins, you know, this cousin remove all of them in one one place, you know, and now you're saying that um, you have so many different homeless and um, from every walk of life, you know, not just New Yorkers, you know, um, that were born and raised here. You have people that, that have come from other states. We're not even talking about, I'm, I'm excluding the migrants. I'm just talking about people coming from another state and now moving here and trying to find some place to live, you know. Um, we also recognize that um, with those that are working to fix buildings, you also have people who have been living there who have been complaining about issues that have already been in the apartment. And with some of those, you can't just work my one apartment. Let's just say, for instance, you know, I, I know of a situation with an individual who every so often has this lease. And, you know, it, it, when you think about a lease, it, it may not necessarily just be her place. It may be the person up, upstairs. It could be a couple of apartments, but they only attack her current issue and get it resolved. And then it happens again, you know, years later. So that means you really haven't fixed it. You literally put a Band-Aid on it. And then you think about the cost of getting just your normal stuff fixed in addition to getting new apartments ready, you know. And, and, and it's, it's sad that, you know, over a year, I, this lady waited over six years just for an apartment, you know. And, and, and apartment searching by itself is difficult. And now you, you, you're on a waiting list, so you, you, you're thinking that, you know, within a year you're going to get into a new place. And years later, you're still waiting. You know, it's really complicated. And my heart goes out to those who are searching and looking for a place. Right, all right, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies. And we're going to tag Shantice and see what she's got to say about this uh, NYCHA issue. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How? Good, good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. What you got to add to this conversation about these all these apartments that are available with all these homeless individuals in New York City? Again, I, I believe it goes back to priorities. Like, how do we have all of this vacant space where people can live, people can live safely, people can live clean, you know, and especially now with the weather being what it is and what it will be going into, God says, but yet you're not making provisions for people to be able to live here. It's like, so where is your focus? What are you doing? So what do you plan on doing with this? Just leaving it? Are you trying to leave it vacant because you have, other intentions for the space outside of making it livable for people to be instead of seeing them on the street. And, like, stuff like this, it just goes back to everything we've been discussing about, you know, all of the the homeless people who really do not have the means to, on their own right now, better their situation. And instead of fixing this space up, making that investment for them, you know, setting assisting them and setting themselves up and putting them in some type of, you know, like program or something. And after you help them do whatever they could, you know, be able to function like everyone else, you know, be able to work, be able to 
But I don't understand how you can walk past people, know that there's people out there who don't have, and then know that there's all of this vacant space. It's like, so what are you, what are we focused on as a whole? What are you focused on as individually? You being someone who has the power and the authority to make these type of decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm going to tell you all something. Six years is nothing. I don't know if y'all have heard, people who have gotten into the projects, they've waited 10 years. So she's on the light side. (laughs) If she were to get up in there right now, some people might be a little mad because in actuality the average amount of time it has taken people to actually get into housing has been like 10 years. And this has been like this for over seven, eight decades. People from years ago um, have said, I remember my mother saying she waited 10 years, and people, you would hear people talking, and I know people have gone into housing, and they've said they've waited 10 and 11 years to get in. So, you know, and back then they were not saying that this was the issue, but, you know, you would think about it. And and, and I want to add, my mother passed away last year. She had been in that apartment for 45 years. Can you imagine, let me tell you something, we cleared out that place. The work that needed Mm -hmm. to be done in that apartment alone, floors Mm -hmm. and painting and all kinds of things, because like Vivian said, a lot of the repairs and, and, and modifications can't be made until the place is vacant. So although over the years, you know, they put up the bars in the bathroom for like the elderly and, you know, things like that, it, nothing in comparison to what they need to do to get um, new people in there. And don't forget with this asbestos being a big issue, these buildings were put up well before, you know, these uh, the, the lead paint um, was was changed over. So there's a lot of repairs and stuff that need to be done. But, you know, listen, there are still a lot of people out here that that can be employed to get this work done. You've just pulled in how mm-hmm. many migrants? And let's let's be honest, y'all. They would have them apartments fixed up in, like, what, two days? Because <laughs> they work. Mm-hmm. They work. If you have a home and you didn't ever hire one of them to come and do work, they did my whole front. In one day, it was done. One day, it was done. They put a brand new floor on the inside of my house. One day, and it was two of them that worked. So, you know, listen, you got the people out here that are willing to work. So let's let's get these people up and working. And we, we, ladies, we've spoken about this before. And, you know, again, where's your plan? Where's your plan? Let's let's get this out. We know that this goes well back before some uh, Adams administration. That I, I agree with Eldon Artisha. This ain't got nothing to do with him. It's just you know process, like you said, Eldon Artisha. And we get we 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 need to get our stuff together because there's no reason why this can't be done. You get some some of them people up in there, and I'm not even talking about your migrants. I'm talking about those who are right here already, who've been here. You could have had this this taken care of. So there's no excuse that that we've got this issue. All righty. We've got this issue. Here we go again. We walk right into this here where they have stopped. 
this uh, recruitment and the, the, the for the school safety, and they have how many of these uh, recruits that that need to graduate and get jobs. They've stopped the program, and now you've got these people who are in here already, 250 agents who are ready to retire. So w- this is the best way to just move the, some out and pull some in. What seems to be the – what do you think? The, I think I know why all of a sudden things just shut down. Let's see what you got to say, Lady Tamika. Why do you think all of a sudden there's this halt on this issue? They're not paying them as much, you know. Mm. If, if I'm going to do it, you know, I want you to pay me. You know, um, and nine times out of ten, there are a lot of shortcuts, you know, things that people who've been there for 25 years and 30 years have gotten. Now, all of a sudden, you're cutting it because I understand you're trying to, you know, um, pay pay bills, but you need to pay me too. it. I want to work. I don't have a problem working, but you're going to pay me. And so I honestly believe that because of the shortages, you can't afford or you're not able to pay them that way and so with that being my okay fine then I'm not working mm-hmm. all right Shantice you know all of a sudden you know as Vivian has reported they're they've cut the program and they're asking the Adams administration to please reinstate you know all of these people who are ready they're ready to walk into these jobs but all of a sudden now it there's no word on why this was cut and not reinstated. I got my thought. What's your thought? I agree with Lady Tamika. You know, everything now is about seeing how I can get people to do what I need to do without making that investment so that money can go towards something else that's going to benefit another idea that I have or you know, another set of people that I have in mind or something, because that, that doesn't make any sense. Again, just like the vacant homes. Why are these jobs vacant? Why are you not moving on this here? What what other reason do you have to not make a move on this with all of the people, again, that are willing to work? It's to the point where now there's a lot of desperation to where people are even willing to, okay, I know I'm going to have to go into this opportunity or this job fighting. You know, I should be making this, but they're only offering that. But at least I'll start so at least I can get to that and then fight while I'm in. You know, people people are in need and people are willing. Not everyone, you know, has that lazy or bum mentality. And not bumming being homeless or bumming, you know, just wanting to be lazy, just wanting handouts. You know, there's a lot of people who are willing to work for what they know they need and what they want. So how, and I believe it's a a huge insult, you know, to know I need, I'm willing to work. I know that I'm supposed to work, you know, in order to have, in order to get, but you just put a stop to that because you're trying to figure out how you can go around doing certain things. All righty. All right, Elder Natisha, you know, this is holding up the safety of our students. But there's no word as to why. Why do you think they've stopped this? 
You know, uh, we have consistently seen Robin Peter to pay Paul, <laughs> right? And I think we have put ourselves in such a hole that we'll look at a program such as Protecting Our Kids as a program that's not really necessary in order to try to fill the gaps that we have dug ourselves into with trying to provide services for the asylum asylum seekers. And so I think we continue to rob Peter to pay Paul. And what's unfortunate about that is if you are going to put our kids in jeopardy by um, taking out this program in order to try to save money, to reapply it, to try to do something because there's an outcry now with how these people are being treated and them being out on the sidewalks and in the cold um, during, you know, as the temperatures drop. That's not okay because now you're putting, you're putting your own people at risk, our own, our most vulnerable, our children at risk. And how do you do that when we continue to see a rise in mass shootings? How does that make sense? We continue to see a rise in mass shootings, and yet you think that it is it makes sense to dismiss this program. It's robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you'll and you'll take something that you deem that is not important because it's not in the public eye right now in order to try to take care of the thing that seemingly is in the public eye and getting a whole bunch of outrage. It's sickening. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. That's my answer. Yeah. Y'all cut the program with no word because it's going to the migrant issue. If you remember a couple of months ago, we were talking about this on a regular where Vivian brought up the fact that, hey, you know, all of these things were being cut all these jobs were being cut. Remember bus drivers and this and that. And it always seems to be where our children are concerned. Always seem to be where the kids are. And this is no place. And I agree, Elder and I teach you, with all of this uh, of mass shootings and all of the things. That, now, we don't actually have mass shootings here, but we got enough uh, issue going on here because, again, I mentioned uh, a couple of months ago, we were at one of the high schools, and I asked the school safety who was run, running the mag, I said, how often do you have kids coming through with stuff in their bags? Do y'all really catch stuff? He was like, are you kidding me? He was like, yeah. And, she, and it, it's ama- it amazes them that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they know they're going through the mag. They know these bags are going through the mag. It doesn't even matter. And they, he said they catch stuff all the time. So with them there, they're not, it's, it's not keeping the, the, the kids from trying to bring things in. Can you imagine the safety level where there, when there's no safety agents there? We're talking about increasing the safety agents, and you're talking about eliminating some. So this is always where our children are involved. You know, it, 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 we don't care. 
if you ain't thinking about it right now, we're going to try to slide the dollars from underneath here. You know what? Until something jumps off and happens. Then all of a sudden there will be this alarm and, you know, there will be this level of importance. But at that point, what are you risking? So, you know, it, it's it's this is exactly what's happening. No, we, we know where the dollar's going. Ain't no mystery, especially here in New York. There is no mystery as to where our money is going and where these, this funding is going. So maybe we'll finally hear something when uh, when something jumps off. Well... I told you that today we were going to have a special edition of uh, Wow Wednesday. And what I'm going to do is I I had a post that I was going to discuss with not only our ladies but with our men. And Vivian actually has a... uh, her wow story this morning. I'd love to hear from the men. So I'm going to get Vivian back on. She's going to read or recap the story, her wild story again. I'm going to give the the gentleman an, an opportunity to speak first before we go into our our main topic. So let me get Viv back on the phone so the guys can hear. We've got a couple of them that joined a little later. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. All right. Let's go, girl. All right, the wild story. Um, a man is being praised and supported on the Internet. As he said, he walked out on his date after she revealed that she was a mother, and that comes after she lied about it at first. He says that I was dating this girl, and everything was going great. Three weeks in, we were at a restaurant, and she tells me out of nowhere she has a kid, He says, I told her in the beginning that I do not want kids, and she agreed. And then later on, she tells me that she has a kid. The father left them. Now she is raising her kid alone. She said, I see you as a good man for my kid to raise him. I need help. She told him, you have a good career, and it would be great as her child does not get to go out much. He can finally enjoy the good life. He says that he got up and walked out of the restaurant. He did not say a thing. I blocked her number and all her social media pages, and I never spoke to her again. (laughs) He went on social media asking if he was right, and everybody was praising him. Mm. All right. Thank you, Vivian. You're welcome. All righty. Let's give our men an opportunity to see if they agree or they disagree. Let's say good morning to our brother Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ainsley. Hey, good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Thank you. Good, good, good. All right, Brother Ains, what you got? Do you agree, disagree? What do you think? With the gentleman who left out? Yeah, I agree. I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because, you know, 
to me, why why on earth would you lie about your own child? You know what I'm saying? If you have a child, you have a child. You know what I'm saying? So this is strictly manipulative. You know what I'm saying? You're lying, first of all, besides the child, about lying about your child, you're just lying, and you're being manipulative. So you figure, okay, you go out with this guy and have a good time, then now you're trying to convince him after he already told you already from the, from the beginning, this is not what he wanted and stuff like that. This is straight, it was straight up manipulative. And I think he's right. Ever the first chance, the first, you know, the first hand or something to that extent, it's to leave. You know what I'm saying? Um, may, okay, maybe he didn't have to leave right out the restaurant like, like that. But I'm not mad at him. I'm definitely not mad at him. <laughs> you know, definitely not. Uh, all right now. All right. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Wow Wednesday, where the ladies reign on a Wednesday. So we're including you guys Uh-oh. today. Yes, this is Ladies' Day. So we're including you gentlemen to hear what you've got to say about these issues. And let's thank you so much for joining us today. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Jeff. Woo! We got a bonus today, y'all. Pastor Jeff is on with us. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. That's <laughs> good. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. What do you think? Do you think this gentleman was right? Was he wrong? Do you understand? You don't, don't agree? What's going on? Well, you know, the relationship was doomed from the start. She's playing all that trickery, you know. She should have leveled up with him from the beginning. He already told her what time it was, but that's what probably would made her lie about it anyway and deceive him. And I don't know where she thought it was going to go because you can't hide a kid, you know. It's going, the child's going to appear at some point because it's a lie, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I agree with him. Get up and out. Bounce. Deuces. I'm done. You know, I don't even, even want to talk no more, you know. That's how I feel about it. All you know, right. She, she thought that she probably could have, you know, whatever they were doing prior to her revealing this child, she thought she'd bait him in and change his mind, you know, but his mind was made up from the beginning. And he clearly showed it. And yeah, I'd, I'd have bounced and left her with the bill, too. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, we always get a bonus from you, Pastor Jeff. So she gonna get the bill too. Thank you, and thank you again for joining us this morning. Let's see what our Pastor KL has to say about this thing here. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, Wow Women. How you doing today? <laughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well as well, thank you. Good, very good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, what you got to say? Well, well, in the words of Pastor Jeff, well, you already know how I feel about this. I'd have definitely, <laughs> I'd definitely been gone. <laughs> I'd have definitely been gone. First of all, you know, you, you, you talked about how your baby daddy left you. So you're looking for a baby daddy. You know I got a good job. 
So you see opportunity. You know what I mean? So you already lied in the beginning. So there's nothing good that can come out of a lie. So now I would have been the gentleman. I'd have paid the bill or I'd have left a few dollars on the table and I'd have left. But yeah, I mean, you, you can't get me like that. But I don't want no, listen, I don't want my own children. I definitely don't want your children. Oh, so that God. wasn't going to work out for me. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, all righty. All righty. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for weighing in. Let's see what the ladies got to say. Lady Tamika, you got the first leg on this one in the ladies' department. What you got to say about this here? Um, I actually joined the men because my thing is you cannot not <laughs> deceive like that. You know, you want to be honest. You know, I, I you know, um, well, everybody that listens on an avid knows that I don't have any children. And I have had many, many instances, oh, you, you, you know, I see you going to work and such and such and such, you know. And I remember one opportunity where I wasn't even really trying to date this gentleman. We had gone out a couple of times. And he was like, yeah, I got kids. I was like, hmm, you know, because. At the time, I was not thinking about children, and then I was like, oh, that's interesting, and then he told me he had 12 kids, you know, and this is being very transparent, and I was, he had 12, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to raise the the 12 disciples, you need to go find me something to do with your time, apparently, because your kids have been broken for at least 12 years. So, but I mean, my thing is, you, you, you can't do that, you know, there are plenty of individuals out there that are looking for someone who may have children or is looking to build a family. And so for you to do something like that, that's manipulative. And I'm standing with the guy. All right, all right. L. Tisha, what's your vote? So uh, let me first say this. She, She didn't do it right. She was supposed to... First of all, who reveals that on, you know, on the, the, the first or second date? She was supposed to put it down first and then reveal that. From the mouth of the elder. From the mouth of the elder. She was supposed to turn him out. If you know that you, if this is your scheme, you're supposed to do it better than this girl. You got to turn it and turn him out, get him whipped first. Then you reveal that information and so that he can think twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right now. I thought, it was, and I thought it was safer to put you on before Shantice. And then now I'm seeing, <laughs> scratching my head, scratching my head, Elton, I teach her. Woo! Shantice. What you got? Not only did you lie, but then you revealed your plan. That was dumb. You lied about having the kid. And then you say, well, you look like you could take care of my kid. This why he don't want, this why he told you from the beginning. He didn't want to date anyone with kids because he knows that 90% of the single mothers out here that is their motive for dating. They're mainly looking for someone. Before they're looking for a man who is good to and for them, they're looking for someone to assist with this baby. So that's what you really meant. That's why you got walked out on. Because you just revealed the plan after the lie. 
It's like, no, you, listen, already you look crazy about lying about your child. As 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 Brother Ainsley said, you got a kid, you got a kid. This kid, I, elementary students now, like, come on. It's so many people, it's very, it's very, 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 very unlikely for you not to be a parent nowadays. So most of the time, people assume that you have kids. If you don't have a child, they wonder if something wrong with you. So for you to now lie about this already, how do you expect there to be a date? What was it, the third date? You don't, you can't expect it to be a fourth date because already now he's probably thinking about other things you lied about. And now even if he was to say, okay, we can move forward, how do you expect him to move forward with a clear mind knowing that not only did you lie, but you had a plan in place. You can just lie and lie. This is already crazy enough. But you're looking for him to specifically help you with this. So, I mean, don't be flabbergasted that he walked out. You know what I mean? He could have caused us to leave. He could be happy that all he did was leave. But, yeah, I, I would, that doesn't sound surprising. All right, all right. Well, I got to say. My mom went in this in kind of like the same direction. I was like, yo, you ain't cook a meal. You ain't put the lingerie on. You ain't did nothing. How are you going to bust out with this uh, kid when he didn't already told you that he didn't want to deal with anybody with kids? You have got to, again, where is the plan? Oh. There were so many things that you just could have done that would have just taken him out where he would have been, yo, if you had 20 kids, he would have been like, or the 12 disciples, like like uh, uh, Lady Tamika said, he would have been welcoming all of that and then and then wanted to have more with you. Then you think, come on, where's your plan? Well, you don't even know how to execute this thing. So you know what, just because you had a lack of a plan and you executed what you did have so poorly, you deserved exactly what you got. Well, you know, and, and on the Agreed. flip side of that, just like all of you have said, you started offline. And before you could really get out the gate, you're not and bust out. And, you know, and then you went as far as to say how you thought he could make a good father. And Nobody wants to hear that. You haven't shown him anything. You've brought nothing to the table <laughs> that even... Afterwards, he would say, well, you know, I've inherited something good. You have brought nothing to the table but your lies and a kid. So you didn't blew it. You didn't blew it. So I, I would have walked out on you, too. You know, it, it, this is not going to work. This is not going to work when you already have a scheme, you know, and, and, and again, when you have a scheme and then you don't even know how to do it. You know, you don't even know how to execute properly. Pastor Steph? Faster stuff. Yes. I I I I do want to say that um, I've been missing out on so much good advice on on Wednesdays, so I'm going to start tuning in every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you and Elder Natisha, y'all some good advice. <laughs> Why do you think we call it Wow Wednesday? <laughs> I mean, we're just being real, because that's the first place my when she yeah. said I was like, "Dag, I don't feel so bad." Cause 
I'm like, yo, these women are stupid. <laughs> you you don't know yeah. how to do it yet. You know, okay, put it out there. You can wow him. If we get wow Wednesdays, you could have wowed him. You come on, you do do your thing, do your thing, do your thing well. So you know, if if you you know if you're gonna go forward and all you know all jokes aside, everyone has um, really said it. You know, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. You know, even if you just simply dated him from the very beginning and just told him, give people an opportunity to make up their own mind. So don't the deception never never pans out well. So let people know what's going on and um, give them an opportunity to be able to legitimately make up their mind. Because, you know, maybe he would have kind of had a, a be- the beginning of a shift. And if he didn't, he spoke about it already. So, all righty. Well, pa- pa- uh, yes. How do you know he's a good father on day three? Well, that's, that, that's, that's why I say <laughs> you haven't even invested anything yet. I agree. You don't know what kind of, listen, there are people who have been married for three years and just finding out stuff. So I agree with you. I agree. You didn't get, you didn't give him a chance to show himself. But it was about the Social Security and the pension. She found out that he had <laughs> Social Security checks and pension and said, you know, you would be a great father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also... But I also think we weaken our cause, too. When you have other stories of chicks who's, you know, not wanting to go eat at the Cheesecake Factory, and now you go, but you got another chick, though, who's willing to say, hey, you're a great father. Come take care of my kids. Like, we just yep. got to we, we gotta do better. We got to do better, ladies. You don't want to be at the yeah. Cheesecake Factory, but you can surprise a man with your, your 17 kids. How does right. that work? Right, right, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because remember a couple of weeks ago we played that game, which which one is a no-no? And like you said, you know, we, we come with our standards, but yet we don't bring many good standards to the table. So, you know, listen, you got you to gotta do better. You got to do better. All right, I'm going to take a break. We're going to take a, a quick uh, pause. And in the in the pause, I'm going to send you all something for you to review, and we're going to come back and uh, look at. We're going to discuss what I, the post I send you. Okay, all right. So give us a minute. We'll be right back. I am Chef Manit Chauhan. The one thing I'm even more passionate about than cooking is the health of babies. My hope, like that of every mom, was to deliver a healthy full-term baby. But for millions of us around the world, that doesn't happen. Premature birth is the leading cause of death in children under five worldwide. And it's not only in some far-off place. It happens everywhere. And out of all those premature babies, one million die each year. Those who survive can face a lifetime of serious health problems. Right now, babies need all the help they can get. They need you. Help the March of Dimes take on this global crisis. With cutting-edge research, educational programs, and community services, we will not stop until each and every baby gets a healthy start. Let's bring hope to families around the world. Let's fight premature birth.
Well, again, welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph, and we have our special edition of Wow Wednesday. Not only do we have our ladies, we have our gentlemen of It's Due Time, and uh, hmm, I just sent a post that I received yesterday to our Due Time crew, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to digest this a little bit. So let me just bring you up to speed. Our listeners, well, there's a book that has hit the air. It's being sold on Amazon. And it is inspired by a real family, it says, by Logan Brown. And from the picture, I can't quite tell whether this is a male or female, no disrespect. But the book is called In My Daddy's Belly. And the description of the book Inspired by the author's real family, this heartwarming story about two dads eagerly awaiting the birth of their first child follows the excitement and joy of welcoming a new baby into a loving family. The person giving birth just happens to be one of the dads. Written in a way that is accessible to children, of all ages, and easy to understand. It gives some basic facts about transgender dads giving birth and celebrates new life with colorful, bold illustrations and a wholesome story with the message, it doesn't matter what your family looks like as long as you are safe and loved. Alongside the story, there are optional interactive questions to help children explore their feelings in a safe space and facts, tips for adults, and links and resources to family-centric transgender charities. This book is excellent for introducing children to transgender parents, opening discussion around different families, enabling children to grow into kind and understanding adults. By buying this book, you are supporting a transgender author and helping to amplify the voices of LGBTQ plus authors around the world. Thank you. Our stories are real. Our families are real. Our love is real. So this was sent to me yesterday. And the first thing I said to myself is, I wonder what other men think about this. So I'm going to give the men first dibs on this here. And I'm going to start with our brother Ainsley again. And I want you to just give me an overall thought. I have some questions that I want to ask all of you. But what are you thinking, Brother Ains? 
<laughs> you, I'm thinking you had to start off with me, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I we I pulled this up and I'm like, what the heck am I looking at? Right. Um, I'm 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 a little I'm a little shocked a little bit. Um, cause I'm like I'm trying to understand. In my daddy's belly, it, it just seems so foreign. I mean, like what? Like what? To me, it's like this. This is more like of an agenda to, to try to normalize um, this lifestyle or this, this particular lifestyle. And um, bottom line, look, simply, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. As I'm looking over this thing, um, uh, I guess. In, in the post, it says some people are LG, LGBTQIA plus. Get over it. I know what I know. They got. It seemed like this for just forever. Another letter added to, um, you know, to this group. I'm like, I don't know what the IA is and whatnot. I really don't. You know, it seems like there's always something else. And it's like it's just more of an agenda to another way to. To to make this like normal, like accepting like this, and they're just wrong. And I'm trying to say, wait a minute, because I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, this this is two guys, you know. So I'm thinking by birth, this, this really is a woman act and um, portraying being want to be a man and having a baby. This is this a real? Is this a real um, pregnancy and stuff like that? Then it's really a a, a woman. By birth. No. Yeah, this is a man. This is a man rubbing his belly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, that rendered you speechless. (laughs) Yes, that's a picture of a real man rubbing his belly. It is not a picture of a transgender man. This is a literal picture of two men. For those of you who are listening... You can feel free to pull up on Amazon. It's called In My Daddy's Belly, and it's a pink, blue, and white book cover. So, all right, Brother Ainge, you gave us our first thought. Pastor Jeff, what we thinking over there? (laughs) You know what I'm thinking. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they they are pushing their thing. Hard in every area that the devil is doing his job, and you know, and you got to commend him on it because he's, he's good at his job, all right. But I don't care how much they push it and whatever, it, is, it ain't never gonna. I don't care if they act like it's normal, it's never gonna be normal, it's abnormal, it's retarded, it's freakish. It, you know, and spiritually, the devil is it really is bursting that thing from his belly, you know. It's just nasty. Ain't nothing, nothing right about it, and you'll never normalize it for those that have a semblance of God. You know what I'm saying? You know, it'll only be normalized for those that are totally demonic. Because anybody that 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 even have, I'm not even saying even walking with God, but have a semblance of the things of God is never going to accept that. You know, they'll act like it, but they ain't going to accept that mess. 
I just think this is this is a promotion for the nonsense. You know, you're trying to make everybody feel like, you know, this is okay. You know, if I if I can get to the children who are impressionable, you know, then you know, they they are the future. So if I can make them believe that it's okay, then I can promote what we're doing and I can get more on board with me. You know, it it's it's just ridiculous, you know, again, you know, at at, at certain ages you don't even know about your own sexuality, let alone we're going to sit down and have a conversation about someone else's. You know, I, I, I just think this is totally out of order. All righty. All righty. Well, Brother Al has just joined us. I'm going to give him a chance to digest what <laughs> what I just sent him. So I'm going to start with you, Viv. What you got? I wasn't surprised, to be honest. I was not surprised at all. This is just more, like everybody said, of the nonsense. As a woman holding the book, but yes, the picture in the book is two men because that's how she sees herself. And it's just taking further what they've already been pushing, this agenda that they've been pushing, this goal that they have in mind, like Pastor KL said, if I can get to the kids as young as possible, then I get more acceptance. But I was not surprised at all. We just got through talking about this on um, for the for the live, the Israel Time Live Wild mm-hmm. edition that we had recently about how they call themselves women and they don't want to consider us women because they want to fit the mold. They want they want to change things so that they feel better about themselves. This is just continu- a continuation of what we've been talking about, what they've been doing. It's annoying, but I'm not surprised at all. All righty, all righty. Uh, Lady Tamika, there's a comment that says, Great job. Every kid should get to see their family story represented. What do you say to that one? I'm sorry, that took me a minute. Like, I know you were waiting for me to respond right away, but I, what? Just the whole idea. This, this is just, it's, it's, it's completely tearing down everything that we know about life and, you know, the beginning and, you know, man, woman, generalization, you know, they're already trying to call us, what is it, uh, breath holders or, or, you know, they, they, they keep trying to tear down the structure of everything that we know. And for those children who are just coming into the world, it can be completely deceiving, you know. And so this is one of those things where we've got to teach our children, not only our children, but other people's children, anybody's children that you get access to. Make sure that you get that information out because the agenda is everywhere. It's not just you know, online. It's in the schools. We've already talked about other individuals coming into the school teaching completely entire stuff, you know, and you keep seeing it. It's, it's just presented. You don't have a choice anymore, you know. You have unisex bathrooms in regular places. Not only that, you have urinals in female bathrooms. You know, this, this agenda is everywhere. And so I'm not surprised now 
that you're talking about, you know, a baby in a man's belly. In any way, shape, or form, the man's body can't hold. It wasn't created to, to hold a child in the womb. And now you're adding transgender. It's just, it just keeps flowing. It's just all this mess. It just keeps fluttering before our eyes. It just keeps fluttering. It's just, it, it literally is an attack and an agenda of the enemy. And we have got to guard those little ones before they can even, you know, start talking so that they understand. You know, it used to be, you know, when you got towards a certain age, you talk about sex education. Now at the point, as soon as they come out the womb, before they, before they can even start talking, you need to start reading books, you know, about what mm-hmm. life really is so that they know. Mm-hmm. All righty, all righty. what you got? I see a bunch of crybabies who are pushing a whole lot so that they can be deemed normal. And then the second they hear or read or see any rebuttal that they don't agree with, they crying. And it's like, stop. stop. You setting these babies up for failure. You want these babies to see where they come from. So what happens? Because everyone does not train their child the same. You have those of us who will let their kids know this is not normal. This is not acceptable to God. That's why it's not normal, not because mommy and daddy say it, but because God says this is not what he designed. And But you still do not disrespect anyone. You still watch what you say. Be quiet if you don't have anything nice to say. Everybody don't train their child like that. They say, listen, this is this, this is that, that ain't normal, that ain't right, and those two men supposed to be together, and two men supposed to be together, and they lead their kids to say it however their kids want to say it. And we all know that kids don't have a filter, especially if they do not have the family that is training them to handle things in decency and in order. So now when your child comes home crying because of you and because you're pushing this and you're crying, now who's there to console who when you're crying and your child crying because now this is what you're putting out there? It's like stop. Stop already. Stop. I've read some of the comments also you know, oh, oh, yeah, this is nice. I can't wait for my kid to get a book. Why? So they can get beat up? Stop. Stop. Like, enough is enough. I'm not surprised either. But this just goes to show that they are really stopping at nothing to really try to normalize this. And they more, the more they try to make this normal, the more you're making that community just look like a bunch of bullies who just are going to cry when they hear that I don't care what you do, this will never be acceptable as a whole. Alrighty, righty, righty. Elder Natisha. Uh, so I have a, a, a lot of thoughts around a lot of a lot of thoughts around this. <clears throat> I think the first thing for me that comes to mind is the idea of pushing an agenda. We're well past that now, right? The agenda has already been pushed, and what we're seeing is, I think uh, Shanti used the appropriate wording, is normalizing it now. So we've moved past the phase of pushing an agenda, and we're now in the phase of we're here, this is a community, this is another part of humanity, and how do we then, as we bring kids into our new uh, situation, how do we help our kids to not feel different or feel like freaks when they are 
in school or when they are in society because if most kids are seeing mom and dad drop them off, then what happens if I'm the child and I have two dads that are dropping me off? And so now they're coming up with ways to educate kids who are a part of that of that community. What comes to mind for me is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. It's almost like mm-hmm. if, if born in sin and shaped in iniquity was a person. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that that is so appropriate. And the hope that we find is that even though we can be born into sin, born into a sinful situation, and then shaped with the materials, the society, the society that we are a part of. We can be shaped by iniquity. The hope we have is that in the knowledge of Christ, we can be born again and our eyes can be open to truth and we don't have to stay in the lie. And so I think as we look at this, that that's what comes up for me, that this is, this is born in sin. And these kids, unfortunately, will be shaped by the iniquity of their parents. But there's hope for them, and we rejoice in the fact that there is hope in their ability to be born again and have truth be their, you know, an option for them. All righty, all righty. Uh, let's say good morning to our brother Al. Good morning, brother Al. Chop chop on the morning, chop chop on the morning. That was Elder Tisha just giving us that sermon. Thank you very much. The doors of the church is open. The doors of the church is I'll open. My, I'll take my ties. You can sit. I'll sit my ties for the ties. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yo, it, it, yo, it's good to hear everybody's voice to be on with everybody. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And first practice, I want to know what type of crackadacks and stuff you sending to my phone. Oh man, you know it's it, it's sad, and again, it comes back to the phrase we always say: "This is why we need Jesus." You know, um, I think one of the biggest problems, right, with the alphabet community, what's happening with society is everything that they put out. Society just say I gotta accept it. I, I you know, it's sad. Everything, cause I, I, I oh man, I gotta send you something, Pastor Steph. You gonna, oh, you gonna be like, I, I guess I'm gonna send you something. You gonna be like, you are you serious? Someone has sent me something just real quickly. Someone has sent me something where transgender uh, male, they have these little babies that they can insert in the rectum to make it seem like they have a oh. baby. Oh. I'm, I'm going to send you that, and that's something we need to talk about, too. But, again, what happened is the transgender put this, I mean, they put this stuff out. They, they put this stuff out, and then it's like we are forced to, to receive it, and everybody receives Just like now, they get mad at me on my job. When we have these meetings, oh, put up your uh, your, your pronoun. I got to put up he or him. Or, or what. I said, I'm not doing that. And they look at me like, you can't force me to do that. But everything they put out, people are like, okay, it's something wrong with it, and they do it. And it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's 
absolutely insane, and it's sad because, again, we're teaching our kids what? Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you so much for joining us today, Brother Al. There's a there's a one of the polls comments. It says, "Lovely to see representation matters. Never mind the haters. Thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. We can argue all we want, but a story that shows a child their reality is so important. I value all experiences." not just my own. Brother Ainsley, how would you respond to someone who said this to you? You're a man. How would you, you know, how would you, what would you say? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I lost part of that. You said she's good. The person said glad to see that kind of representation. Well, I think you need to show Go ahead. I'm sorry. Lovely to see representation matters. Never mind the haters. Thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. We can argue all we want, but a story that shows a child their reality is so important. I value all experiences, not just my own. It's so straight up wrong. It's so straight up wrong. I don't don't care how you try to phrase it or try to be the PR wording when it's just straight up wrong. It's completely just straight up wrong. You know? Um, no, straight up wrong. And if and if, and if you think my opinion is hating, I don't care what you call it, but it's still straight up wrong. And you, and I'm going to voice it. Period. God's word is all his word. Whether you want to, how you want to, you know, make it fit to, to make you fit. It is It is what it is. All righty. Pastor Jeff, they say this is good to see the the representation of their family. How would you respond to someone who said something like that? Well, you know, while you were speaking, I, I thought about that, and I tried to put myself in a position where I was raised up in a family like that, right? And I guess they they would feel that way. I mean, you can't knock them for feeling that way if that's what they saw, and they want and they and they already feel it's normal. We we all coming from the you know we we know it's wrong, and we we didn't come up that way. And put yourself in their shoes. I mean, somebody that came up that way. I know a guy. He was one of my ministers in Arizona. He just passed passed away from HIV. He um he grew up with his father being you know, his his father and his uncle, his mother's brother, uh, got together and they raised him. And that's what he grew up seeing. You know, and he was very compassionate even though he got saved and he knew it was wrong, but he was very compassionate to that community based on how he grew up, you know, we, so I, you know, I can understand them making that comment if that's all they know. That's just like a, a Muslim, you grow up Muslim, that's all you know, and that's what's normal to them. So, yeah, I, you know, that comment is, is okay 
from that person. You just got to teach them, try to, you know, bring them over to Christ and let them see the error of that, of that lifestyle. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, how would you respond to someone who said that to you? This is, you know, it's good to let a child see, you know, their family in this book. Well, you know, just, just to piggyback on what Pastor Jeff said, you know, I, I have a hard enough time wearing my own shoes and trying to live a Christ-like way, let alone trying to let me put on your shoes. And I, and I know your shoes won't fit me because that's, that's not my situation. You know, there, there's only one way. You know, Christ is, is the way. So I, I, I can't sympathize with sin. You know, we, 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 we can't do that. We can't say, well, maybe it might be okay because that's how they've been living. You've been living wrong. I'm sorry. It, it's time it, It's time to come out of that. You know, I, I can't say it's okay because, you know, this is all you know. It's time to know other things, you know, because when you know better, you do better. But but if we stay in this rut because books say that it's okay, you know what I mean? You got to try it for yourself. You know, grandmama and, and daddy and mama could tell you all they want to tell you about Jesus and what Jesus did for you. But if you never had the experience of Jesus, you just live it off of what grandmama and, and mama said. And after a while, grandmama anointing is not going to help you. You got to know it for yourself. Okay. Can okay. I say something else? Sure. Yeah. Um, that minister, I, because I didn't judge him right away, because he he wasn't a, he wasn't so manly, he wasn't effeminate. I didn't judge him right away. I was able to reach him. I married him and his wife, you know, and they, you know, they went on to prosper in the Lord for, you know, for many years, you know, because I had to put myself in his shoes for a minute and try to see where he came from. And he, he you know, he literally, you know, he, 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 he helped me reach some of that community. I, you know, I had some of those people come in and really give their life to the Lord. And as far as I know, they're still on the right path. Well, some of them, because one of them I can flip that. But, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you can't, I guess you can't win them all. You can't save everybody, right? <laughs> so I, I think we... We can get more more bees with honey, so they say, or more flies, whatever. You know, we you know it, we keep coming the way we coming. We're not going to reach them, and they are souls to be saved too. But then we got to also make it plain where we stand and what we believe. You know. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, brother Al. Someone said this to you. You know, uh, lovely to see representation matters. Never mind the haters. Thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. We can argue all we want, but a story that shows a child, their reality is so important. I value all experiences, not just my own. How would you respond to that? I would ask them, have they been smoking? <laughs> what did you have? I want some of what you had to. <laughs> you know, it, it, 
you know, it, it's, it's no way in any form that you can tell me that this is right. You know, I, I, I'm not going to badger you, wish you any injury, but it's nothing that you can say to me to say this is right because we know God didn't make it this way. So the conversation is probably not going to go well because they're not going to like what I'm going to say. Because you're telling me your truth, I'm going to tell you my truth. You know, hey, I ain't bothering you, don't bother me. But don't sit here and, and, and try to make it like it's right. Don't sit here and try to uh, say because I don't like it or I disagree with it that I'm a hater. You know, no, I disagree with your lifestyle. Just like you may disagree that I'm a Christian, that's fine. But I'm not bothering you, don't bother me. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's so sad because, like I said, it's forced on society. And, you know, working here in the school, I see it. These kids are so confused, they don't know what to do. They don't, they, 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 they're just confused. And, it, and it's sad that they're doing it to this, to, this, to this generation. It's sad that they're doing that. You know, I had one little young girl, she said she was gay man, and I talked with her. You know, and, I, and I, we had a nice, calm conversation. I said, what makes you feel that you're gay? She couldn't answer me. I asked her several questions. She couldn't answer me. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Then you need to be thinking of sexuality because you can't answer none of my questions. This young lady came back to me next week and was like, Mr. B, I'm not seeing that girl anymore. I said, what happened? She said, I thought about what you said and I couldn't answer none of your questions. So I do have to, I do have to rethink what, how I feel. I said, that's a good thing. So it's false on us. It's crazy. All righty. All righty. Thank you. Uh, Vivian, how would you respond to someone who said, isn't it nice that we can celebrate our diverse family structures? Lovely to see representation matters. Thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. I would say that you're delusional. And if you think that this is reality, it just proves that you're delusional because it's not. Unless that book is telling the child who, or telling the child who's being read this book the truth that your quote-unquote father is not a father but a mother born a woman, then you're teaching the child lies. And like Shanti said, that child is eventually going to leave your home, leave your care, leave your teaching, and go out into the world and be taught reality. And it's going to be a big shocker to them because you've been teaching them lies this entire time. I remember when when I found out that wrestling was fake. <laughs> and nobody told me it was a conversation that my brother and my father were having about wrestling being fake. And I was like, what? Like, what are you fake? And I ain't never watched wrestling since that day. <laughs> so you're teaching these lies. And they're going to eventually find out the truth. You can't stop them from going out into the world. And when people start telling them that, no, a man cannot carry a child, and they start learning the truth from other people, and probably not in a safe environment, probably not in a nice way, it's going to break their little heart. So you're, you're just setting your child up for failure, and you're delusional if you think that this book is reality, because it's not. And if that makes me a hater, then so be it. All right. Shantees, what would you say? How would you respond 
to a statement um, like that? I say be quiet. This ain't for them kids that's already in this situation. This for the kids who's not because you want them to feel like this is normal. So when they come across the kids who are in this situation, there will be no rebuttals. There would be no, oh, you got two mommies, you got two daddies. Because if they're already raised in this, I don't need a book. I don't need a book to tell me I got a mommy and a daddy. Because when I was born, I knew I had a mommy and a daddy. Why do I need a book to reinforce that? No, this is for all the other kids that you know your kid going to have to face. And your hope is if they see this and read this, then it will become a little more normal to them. And again, I say, you setting them kids up for failure. God bless those babies. God bless those babies. Because they're, they're not the ones who are deserving of all of the backlash. It's you. So I, I just say, like, stop trying to pull an okie doke. There's the same for them. This is for all of the quote unquote outsiders to you. So that, and what is even more disturbing is that they're so gun hold about pushing this, as it was already said, they're not pushing the opposite side. I had my niece come to me. They have an LGBTQ plus sort of poster in their school. She pointed to me and asked me, what does that mean? And I was a little, not really shocked, but just like, okay, so I pointed to the first letter. This stands for this. What is that? Okay, so y'all, y'all, y'all saying to y'all telling the kids to accept this, but you're not telling them what they should accept because you because it's the fear of wait, that's that, but that's not what I learned. So already you're afraid because you know parents are putting their kids onto what is good and bad, what is acceptable and not acceptable. So this is just another way to kind of indirectly but directly push this information in so that your kids don't have to face a whole lot of rebuttals. All righty. Eldenatisha, how would you respond to someone who told you, thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. We can argue all we want, but a story that shows a child their reality is so important. Um, I would, I probably would say, you know what, uh, I appreciate your heart for humanity, and um, but this human existence is not the end of the story, and that while you have a heart for these kids, for what they will face as part of their human experience, that's what you're calling reality, you're calling their human experience a reality, and, 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 and I don't disagree, to be honest. Because I do think that there is trauma that is associated with kids being bullied based on them being different about a choice that they were not even a part of. So if I'm born into a situation where I have two fathers, two mothers, um, and so now that is my reality, that is what I live with every day, and it is not accepted by a specific group of people, and yes, there can be rebuttals, and yes, you know, Christians, if we don't train our children on how to have empathy and, and, and compassion and to not bully and not make fun of, then we are sending those kids who didn't make the choice into a, a traumatic situation. So I don't necessarily disagree with you, but what I will say to you is that this is not the end of the story. Humanity is just one part of it. There is a spiritual component to our lives that we have a responsibility now 
to uphold and to introduce into the conversation. So I hear your heart, but I hear it only for humanity. But I don't hear your heart for their soul. And their soul is what I want to talk to you about. Because what about the truth behind what God has said to them concerning their spiritual life? Mm. That would be my Amen. Mm. Amen, amen, and amen to all of our comments. Pastor KL, I just want to make sure that I got you on this round. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, you did. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, this has been very, very, very enlightening, um, enjoyable. Um, thank you so much for your conversation into today's conversation, um, your contribution into today's conversation. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking your time today to jump on the bandwagon, the Wild Wednesday bandwagon, and I think I'm going to do this a little more often because I think I like to hear, you know, how the men feel as well as the ladies feel at the same time. And we give God thanks for all of you, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let me get this. Um, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hold hands and hold hearts right about now because we need to. <laughs> oh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we give you thanks, O oh God, for this wild Wednesday. We think we Thank you, dear God, for just bringing us through to this part of the week safely in our right frame of mind, God, regardless of what we're going through individually, regardless of how our lives might be going right now, dear Heavenly Father, we have enough intact to be able to join in and just share this conversation with one another and Minister to all of those who will hear this uh, broadcast to one another. And we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that even while we slept, we were on your mind. And you woke us up today with a purpose, for a purpose, and on purpose. And you've invested in us just one more time, God, so that we can have an educated, truthful, spiritual response as to how this world looks at what this world is doing and what their reality is. We thank you, God, for investing in us and giving us a different reality. Thank you for the reality that you sent your son to die on the cross for such a time as this. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that even if we didn't know you back then when we started raising our children the way we know you now, that we can now still 
invest in our children's lives. We can invest in nieces and nephews. We can invest in grandchildren. We can invest in neighbors. We can invest in friends. We can invest children in our school, wherever we can. You're enabling us to invest. And, Lord, we're grateful that we have the proper answers to give this world that we're not spinning around in circles trying to figure out what it is that we should be doing. We're not trying to figure out which way to go, but that we, we, we invest in the time to study your word so that it can pave the way as to which way we go. That we have been given your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Oh, so when the times come that something is just a little gray, we can just listen for you. That GPS that that resides with us 24 hours a day, that can just point us in the direction we need to go. We thank you, God, because this world just doesn't. They don't know this. They don't have this. And we're grateful, God, that we can wake up every day with hope. We don't have to be lost. And, Lord, we are compassionate for all of those who are lost. Because at one point we were in darkness. But, again, we say thank you for bringing us into your marvelous light. That now we can point the way. We can draw all men unto you. We thank you. Just just a hearty thank you. Just reading these comments, dear Heavenly Father, reading the way people think, things that are normal for them. And when we read your word, how contrary it is. It has nothing to do with judging. It has nothing to do with, with, with condemning people, but just rejoicing in the fact that we can have a good night's sleep, that we can walk with our head held high because the truth has set us free. Thank you. Thank you that our children don't have to be lost if they listen, that they have all of this information that you have given us for free, and we pray, God, that each and every one of them, everyone that's connected to everyone on this panel, would take heed to the words that's given to them, and they can move freely just the same as we do. Give us the words, God, when we don't have the words, when we're lost and we don't know what to say and the enemy is always prepared. Ooh, always has a word, dear Heavenly Father. Always out there, not afraid, bold, but we're standing over in the corner, shivering, trying to figure out what we're going to say. Prepare our mouths, God. Prepare our minds. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our spirit so we don't have to be. In the middle, not having anything, looking around, trying to figure out what we're going to do or what we're going to say. Give us that holy boldness that we need. 
right here and right now, God. And even if someone got on this broadcast this morning not quite knowing what to say, not quite knowing what to do, just in a quandary that the, the gates have been opened wide for them. And they don't have to be lost anymore. That there has been an investment made and they have just absorbed everything that you have given us today. Thank you. Thank you that I don't have to be lost. Thank you for your marvelous light. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me out of darkness. Thank you, God, that you saved me from that part of the sinful life that I so happily lived. Thank you for saving my children. Thank you for saving my granddaughter. Thank you for saving my cousins. Thank you, God. Thank you for saving my friends. Thank you for saving those around me, dear Heavenly Father. And for those who have not taken on and grabbed what you have so freely provided, we ask the Heavenly Father that there would be no more rejection, that today would be a different day for them, that they would hear, hear a podcast, they would somebody would pray for them, somebody would pray with them, someone would answer a question, someone would have a conversation, there would be a billboard, God, a pamphlet, something they would see or hear that would change their hearts, that their minds would be renewed and transformed. Thank you for this opportunity. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity, God. Thank you that you opened up that opportunity for us. Thank you. We love you, Lord, because you didn't have to do it, but you did. You looked beyond our faults and found our need. Thank you, God. Thank you for every one of our children that you have saved. Thank you for every one of our grandchildren that you've kept safe as they go to these schools, as they're in the daycares, as they're in the nurseries. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the teachers that you have placed different, even from the one that might be standing right beside them, but that they can bring something else to the table that someone else is not even thinking about, that they pray for the children when, when, when they are in the classroom, that they're dealing with them with your guidance. It's not what the world or the curriculum is telling them to do, but they've got a special touch on those children because they know who you are and you are guiding them as to how they deal with each and every child they come in contact with. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. We give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name today, tomorrow, and every day you give us breath. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. As I was listening to um, as I was listening to the comments as to um, what you would say to 
the individuals who um, had that particular, made that particular statement to you. I'm going to read it again. Lovely to see representation matters. Never mind the haters. Thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. We can argue all we want, but a story that shows a child their reality is so important. Isn't it nice that we can celebrate our diverse family structures? Here's a problem that I'm having. When I see someone who has written, thank you for making a difference to children who will see their family in this book. I'm sorry. When I look back at the title of the book, and the title of the book is In My Daddy's Belly. That's the title of the book. The title of the book is not Me and My Two Dads. The title of the book is not Me and My Two Moms. That's not the title of the book. The title of the book is called Me and My Two Dads. And the problem that I'm having personally is if that's the title of the story, of the book, and you tell me that anybody will see their reality in this book, I deem it a lie. Because I have yet to hear the first man who has ever been able to carry a baby in his belly. So that is not anyone's reality. I'm just going with the title of the book and the premise of what the story is about. I read in the beginning exactly what this story is about. It is not just about, you know, what they started off writing um, years ago with, oh, you know, teaching children that, you know, your family is a little different. You know, you come from a family where there's a mom and a dad, but there are other children that come from a family where there's two moms and two dads. That's a reality. Oh, by all means, that's a reality. They've been allowed to adopt. They've been allowed to foster, you know, the, the same-sex couples. And I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I cannot accept you telling me that a book that's entitled In My Daddy's Belly is anybody's reality. It's not. No matter what child is born out here to date, in 2023 they've done a whole lot of stuff. They've tried the cloning. They've tried all this kind of stuff. But yet have they been able to... To give a man the ability to carry a baby inside of him, inside of his belly. So, no, that is not anyone's reality. So that shifts the game for me. Like I said, if it was just strictly about two people, two same-sex people raising children or whatever, so be it. I cannot argue with that because that is quite a few realities out here. But when the world tries to make you think that this is real and you, knowing the Lord, cannot stand up, 
wholeheartedly and say. It's, it's the same thing I said when we did the live. Vivian brought up the fact that we did the live. And the one thing that I brought up was if I took God and put that spiritual, religious, biblical um, um, issue on the side, if I took that and put it on the side, if I dealt with science by itself to date, that is no one's reality. I am not going to allow you to shove this in my face and make this a reality for me and anyone else I'm connected to, not my granddaughter, not my children, nobody, because it's not real. The enemy wants us to believe that it's real. Sin is real. The fact that we are shaped in, uh, in sin and born in the, uh, shaped in, the, you know what I'm trying to say, my mouth is all dry and I'm tongue-tied. Born in sin and shaped in iniquity. That's a reality. That's real. But this is why we need to study. This is why we need to study the Word of God because we've got to be armed. See, they don't have a problem standing up boldly, saying what they think, saying what they feel. Do you see the amount? I want all of you to go and look up in my daddy's belly on facebook if you have a facebook account and see the responses they are supporting this big time there are more of them responding than us responding and when i say us i'm not even talking about religious because certain people just don't believe that period but they are they are supported out there with this and we're sitting on the side trying to figure out how we respond to this what do we say? We need to learn to be bold. We need to know how to put on the armor of God and be able to fight against the enemy. Because if y'all don't think that it is, I mean, this is a tactic to destroy our children, you'll never, ever, ever see it more than you're seeing it now. Be ready for the fight. Stay armed. Be ready to stand up and give an account for who you serve and why you serve him. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Stuff signing off, and I want to thank my Lord's due time crew today for just bringing it. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Uh, please do not miss this opportunity. If you don't see before you see now, we need to accept Jesus as our personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. Later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where is Therapeutic Thursday? Until then, I love you.